This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, uh, thank you for taking the time to listen again to ShrimpNet. If this is your first time, welcome along. Uh, this is ShrimpNet, which is the podcast from the Shrimps Trust. Uh, tonight we are playing uh, it's a version of all our yesterdays, uh, the usual discussions from games in the past week. So we'll be talking about Wickham and also about Hartlepool. Uh, and joining Joel and I, um, we have two long-term fans this week. First of all, uh, local business guru and massive shrimps fan, we have Michael Gibson, who yeah. we, we all know affectionately as Posh. Welcome along, Posh. Thank you. Uh, and also we have um, a local educational specialist, uh, <laughs> also a massive shrimp, massive shrimps aficionado, uh, Matthew William Dayton. Welcome along, Matt. Buongiorno tutti. Oh, you see, he's, uh, he thinks he's winning the Giro d'Italia on his bike now, so that's good effort. <laughs> Uh, start as we mean to go on, um, it's been a, a, a strange old week, here we are in League One, enjoying life, every week we say, well, you know, it, it's a bit exciting every week. Joel, I'll start, I'll start with Wickham, that was some game, that. I, I know, yeah, it's just kind of going from so many extremes within the game several times, obviously kind of, you go, oh my God, you know, we're tuning up at, you know, a side who are probably going to be at least in contention from the playoffs. And then to go three two down, have the, the the misery of that, and then Jonah Younger coming on, hitting that absolutely brilliant equaliser, and then all the way back down to earth again with a stoppage time winner for Wickham. So like, yeah, it was just a game of a lot of emotions, ups and downs. Uh, it feels like that that amount of up and down shouldn't really be allowed in one game. I feel like, you know, that's too much for the heart to take. Really, all that up and down should be spread out over, you know, three or four games. But no, they crammed it all into one game. But yeah, I think as Stephen Robinson mentioned the other week, it's, uh, it's not very good for his heart, this. And, it's, and <laughs> I don't think it's very good for mine now either. We keep saying every week, it's like a roller coaster. And when you consider Wimbledon at home 4-3, Accrington at home 3 all. It, it puts Shrewsbury and Lincoln into, well, they were quite boring, despite the fact that we played quite well and they were good games. But as you, I'll, I'll come back to you there, because when we were 2 0 up, it could have been three or four, couldn't it? Yeah, I know. Like Phillips has a good chance there. There's obviously one ruled out for offside. I mean, it was offside. It was. I'm yeah. that. But, you know, if the runner maybe been timed a bit better, the pass come come a little bit early, you know, who knows? And, you know, there was a few moments in the final third as well uh, that, you know, there, there could have been a little bit of better decision-making and, and we, we might have seen another goal. And also, um, what I did notice, actually, there were quite a lot of long shots. I don't know if that was an instruction because of the rain or because everybody was feeling quite confident about shooting from range after Stockton put one away from range on a, on Tuesday. But, yeah, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of better decision-making, you know. It could have been more, you know, that I thought, I thought we, we kind of we looked organised in the first half, you know, and they, and they didn't really have much despite having a bit of the ball. And when we pinched it in midfield, we were really, really threatening on that kind of, uh, on, on that kind of counter. And then 
I thought we moved the ball nicely on the deck as well. And I thought we probably could have done that a little bit more, but I do appreciate against Wickham, they're probably going to, you know, they'll be right up in your faces and not letting you pass it in quite the way that you wanted it to. But, you know, it was a good performance first half, just a shame about how things went in the second. Yeah, and I'll, I'll come to Posh now. Um, one thing I touched on, we scored three goals away from home uh, and Cole didn't get any of them. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that shows the quality of the team that we've got. I think we've, we, you know, we're starting to really see the game expand and bring more players in, uh, into it. You know, obviously Adam Phillips, we know can score goals from last season, but um, you've got players like you know Ayunga who's come come into the side now again after his injury. You can score goals, and it's great to see different people on the score sheet. I think that shows for the team. I genuinely believe, picking up from Joel's point though, three nil game over. Um, you know, yeah. I don't think they would have recovered from that. And at two, all you had to do was keep that game tight. And uh, then for Kyle to let it through his hands, I think it was a bit of a story of goalkeeping blunders, I think, uh, both on Saturday and then on Tuesday. Uh, you know, we've, it's, just, it's a slight, it was a slight concern. I mean, Kyle's been fantastic for most of the games, but a couple of mistakes, I think, in there that he, he looked at and he said himself he, he regrets. Matt, Matt, I'll come to you now. Um, uh, a, lot, a lot of the blame on Saturday uh, for us being 2-0 up and then finally losing 4-3, but at the time when we were losing 3-2, and the fingers were pointed at me because me being the idiot, I pointed out at 5-3, oh, this amazing stat, Joe Jacobson scored five times directly for a corner for Wigan. (laughs) Yeah, I was a bit um, worried when you text that. (laughs) I I was watching the game, I was following it on um, Gillette Soccer Saturday, and I had um, tweet alerts coming in, and it got to the point when we were tuning up. I was like, mm, "We need to put this." Yeah, you know, how confident are you at two 0 Well, I'd rather we get the third before the second. Um, but we're getting tweet updates, and I'm not looking at the tweet updates. I'm just staring at the screen, waiting for that thirty second delay, wondering if it's going to pop up. Wickham one, Morecambe two, and then. When it did, it it didn't. It wasn't a surprise, I don't think. When when they got the ninety second minute winner, because I thought we either go for a win or we lose. I don't, we don't draw, do we? So no. it's like, and and we'd had three different goal scorers. And I said to you, I said, it's all right. Cole hasn't got his goal yet. We'll be yeah. all right, yeah. you know. But yeah, really, it's, it's hard to take. You don't like a ninety second minute defeat, do you? It's horrible. Yeah, but the problem is two of them. You know, yeah. after, yeah, fair, enough, yeah. fair enough, you can forgive one in the season, but two, I mean, painful. I mean, mm. a certain word was used relentlessly after that minute, after that goal. I mean, just shouting and shouting and shouting. Mm. You know. But, yeah, you know, we've got to learn. Um, and there's a few things I think we can learn from it as well. You the, know, thing, just... the thing is, and it, it's easy, with hindsight is a wonderful thing. Uh, but I know, maybe Joel was alluding to the fact that a younger, a lot of people said a younger should have passed to either Cole or whoever it was, he was open in front of goal, but he had a shot, but he just scored from beating three men and smashing it in the top corner. Why wouldn't he shoot? Now, he had a strong shot. The keeper saved it. It was straight at him. They rolled it out, went up the other side. So you're thinking, well, do we, do we settle? I would have settled for three apiece. All of us would. Even from 2-0 up, you'd have said, well, I'll, it's our joke, isn't it? You know, 2-0 up, I'll take a draw, you know, because we're fatalists. But at three apiece, when a younger gets that goal, you're thinking... Everybody sat there going, right, calm down, calm down. And we didn't. We just carried on going. And so yeah. did they. 
But I suppose that, that's what makes us exciting to watch, Joel. Yeah, you know, it, I think on that Ayunga moment, I think there was quite a lot of immediate negative reaction to him. And I, I can understand why, because obviously in the moment you feel upset and, you, and you're angry at what's just happened. But obviously, really, the, the, the damage had already been done that game, really. Like, it, <laughs> you know, we, we were turning up and, and we'd gone 3-2 down at one point, you know. You can't really lay the, lay the blame towards a striker not passing and, and shooting in a certain situation. In fairness, it opened up quite nicely for the shot. I didn't think Cole was necessarily the best pass either. I thought McCalmont was the, the one yeah. on the other side of the area. He looked in really good space. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, as Robinson, Stephen Robinson alluded to, you know, it's not just about that decision. It's about working hard to make it back. And, you know, in fairness to the referee and, and Joe Jacobson, uh, Cooney tried to put in the mother of all tactical fouls and it half worked, didn't quite work. Obviously, he should have leathered him a bit harder and claimed his uh, traditional yellow card. Unfortunately, he didn't. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's frustrating. But, you know, we've just got to, got to move on from it, really, and, and hope that the players learn from that, those kind of this moments of decision-making and, you know, keeping it tight and seeing games out properly. I want to come to what Posh said, though. I like that Kyle Leatherman went on Twitter and stuck his hand up straight away yeah. and said, look, you know, we yeah. have days and blah, blah, blah. But I'll take what you said, Posh, because the simple fact is you're absolutely right. He's never put a foot wrong, has he? Since we signed him last January, he's been absolutely faultless. Yeah, I remember York fans. Uh, so I've got a good mate as a York fan, and he just said, you know, he makes a mistake. He makes he makes fantastic saves, but he also makes a mistake every game, and that just hasn't materialised with us at no. all. And I remember when he left Chesterfield, with Chesterfield fans were like, yeah, whatever, you know, wasn't a, wasn't anything special. And yet he's got that kind of bit of a great sense, of weird and wonderful sense of humour. He's a you know he's a big character. I think he does. I think he's wonderful, probably, you know, to play to have around in the dressing room. And yet that honesty, you know, and, and that humour, you know, everybody remembers post, obviously, the the, uh, the, the moment in the, at Wembley when he um, didn't punch him, obviously. No. And, uh, and, you know, and, and he's been joking and winding up Newport fans ever since about that, you know, and it, it, it's, but he is that kind of player who you'd rather have in the team than not. And he's, you know, he's got that big character and he's got that big save in him as well. And I, I think the one thing that's been become apparent is that uh, Jock obviously played in goals at uh, Hartlepool on Tuesday night, but the general consensus among fans anyway is that Kyle Leatherman's actually a better communicator because he's got the age behind him and he can shout at people. Mm. Jock being 19 and being on loan, you can kind of understand why he's, he's, he's not quite as vociferous. Uh, you don't want to be critical of any of the, you know, the keep, keepers really. I mean, God, it's, you know, who would want to be a keeper kind of thing. Well, especially when you make, but you look at um, some of the incidents this season, obviously uh, Michael Smith's goal at, from from Rotherham, you know, could he done more about that? That free kick against uh, Wimbledon where he got he got beat from a free kick on the side of the box. You know, there's a lot of moments in that game where you can see that, okay, fair enough, um, Kyle deserves his, his spot as number one really um now it's a case of hopefully and i think kyle will just come back into the next game and you know come back strong stronger because he's used you know he's used to these things in in his career um and you know he he, he understands that and he'll he'll make up for it i'm sure he will and it's it's funny with that with with anderson as well like he comes off the back of that Sheffield wednesday game 
and that, that where he was monumental. I, he didn't make a ton of amazing saves, but what stood out to me from that Sheffield Wednesday game was how kind of he seemed to he seemed to have got on his got on a bit of a better handle on on, on commanding the area. And, yeah. he, and what really stood out from that game was all the cross catchage and and dominating in that kind of way. And he's away an international break. We come back and then first five minutes against Wimbledon that that free kick from the side I don't know if maybe Cole unsighted him a little bit jumping in front of him well but, he, he got a touch did Cole didn't he just slight but yeah and then I don't know if that just kind of rattled him a little bit it's amazing how these things can work you know you know how, how much it, it can maybe like the, it's the psychology of it you know has, and then from that point he has a difficult game and he's not quite commanding his area as much you know it's just kind of amazing. I, I wonder what if there was a certain trigger moment that kind of took him from the the performance against Sheffield Wednesday to kind of what's happened afterwards. I mean, it's a shame because we know we, he's got he's got the quality. It's just yeah, getting in that right headspace to be able to produce it. He's clearly got bags of talent, hasn't he? You know, like you say, the Sheffield Wednesday game sticks out. The couple of games he had on loan at us when. Uh, Derek Adams was with us. He was fantastic, you know. And like season nineteen, you don't want to keep, you know, yeah. you know we don't want to, you don't want to dig him out too much. He's learning his trade, you know. If if you're in if you're in midfield learning your trade at nineteen and you make a sloppy pass, you make a sloppy pass. You get a, a roasting off the guy next to you and you move on. Whereas that that position is brutal, isn't it? You make that mistake and and you you it's magnified ten times and and everybody's on your back. So mm. I, you know. I think he's young enough and confident without being arrogant enough to bounce back from it and and, and hopefully become the become a superstar because I think he's got he's got he's got the talent and he's uh, he certainly uh, he fits well into the old goalkeepers of mental sort of because uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and even Kyle said that Kyle said oh he's he's a fantastic character so uh, and they get on really well so we'll move, we'll move on to Hartlepool because yet again we come to Jock because. Uh, obviously, he had one moment in the second half which he won't want to talk about again, will he? Um, I don't know what he was doing there, do you, Joel? <laughs> no, and I, I mean it, it's amazing to talk again about kind of confidence because obviously the first one, he, he rolls it on the floor. I, I, I don't know how much of the game you've seen, but I, I, what, I, I, what, I think on the extended highlights, it's not on the short highlights, but he rolls one out to the edge of the area, kicks it, gets closed down, it comes off the Parkleyball player, bounces off the post, yeah, out, and then. Few minutes later, he get he, what does he do? He tries to boot it out of his hands, slices it, and then concedes <laughs> the penalty. It's just it's amazing just how 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 the, how the, and you know I don't really I don't think that slice kick happens if he doesn't uh, roll the ball out and have it deflected onto the post. You know, it's just amazing how it can kind of affect your judgment. But yeah, it, it was one of those games where obviously. It's worth remembering the final result of it. Well, the, the, at, the, at the end of the 90 minutes was a draw. And we got some minutes into players who, you know, they, they needed it. Whether it is kind of more fringe players like Jacob Mensah uh, and Callum Jones uh, or players on the, what, like Shane McLaughlin, who, especially because of the international break, is going to go a really long time without being able to play a game because of his suspension. And obviously, Ayunga needed 90 minutes. But it's, you know... So from those perspectives, it's really positive to kind of, you know, I, they're the positives I take from the night. So I'm like, so I haven't watched the whole game back yet, but it sounds like 
Calvin Jones had a good game, which is good because, yeah. you know, and it like he's playing in deep midfield, uh, which is important because obviously Toomes has been playing there. And if heaven forbid something happened to Toomes, I, um, I think I could have assumed it because of some things I heard about him and the fact that he's got the number six. But, you know, what does that necessarily mean? That could just be me reading too much into it. But I kind of assumed he might be the holding midfielder that would come in if Toons was injured. But we're yet to really blood him that much in that kind of position. So it's good for him to get a run out there. And obviously, young kind of pie making his debut, uh, which is really, really good to see. Obviously, Freddie Price has had a bit of success making his debut in, the, in, that, in that competition last season. It's, it's nice to see somebody else be able to make their debut as well. How do uh, how do Connor Pye get on? Like I say, I've seen the highlights of the he game. He got man of the match. Did he? He got man of the match, did Connor Pye. And we're, we're fortunate enough that we went, well, some of us went to Workington and I went to Kendall and seen mm. him twice. And uh, he's, he's, an, he's diminutive, but he certainly has. And apparently, he grew, well, the bits I saw, he grew into the game. Uh, yeah. He looked a bit unsure for, for 15, 20. But then again, you've got to put, put it into, they're a, they're a pretty decent league two side. You know, credit to them. It was an f- absolutely filthy night, blowing the blooming hoobly. Uh, and he acquitted himself really well from what I've seen. And everybody said, yeah, he got the man of the match and he deserved it. And as you said, Joel, Callum Jones did him- himself no harm. And so did Freddie Price. Those were the three positives. Yeah, we've got minutes for everybody else, which is good. But, um, and I, <laughs> I allude to this every time because it, it is, you know, the Papa John's, as was Johnston's paint, as was, you know, and I just call it the Tim Pot Cup. And that's not being derogatory, but it's, it's one of those where it's a necessary evil. And even when, when we were, you know, we had, we had to go and do the radio away games, it was like a necessary evil. And we didn't take it that seriously. But posh credit to the 43 that made the journey on a night like that. Oh, that was extraordinary. I mean, you know, an absolute pouring rain and everything else. There must have been a horrific journey there and back. And then obviously, you know, in terms of the way the outcome of the game as well, with a, another really, another really, really late goal in injury time again. And it's just like, well, you know, you must have been cursing yourself after if they'd have, those same fans have been at Wickham. And um, what was really interesting was you mentioned where about the two saves from Yoko. Sorry, the two incidents with Yoko, one where obviously it bounced off him and then the other one where he slipped and... And played him, played him in, and then there was the penalty. But in between those, I mean, literally, it was about three minutes. He pulled off an absolute worldie to push Same. it around the corner. And that on the highlights, you just think, bloody hell, that's in within about two minutes of it. All in about two minutes, madness. It shows the nature of the game. Um, I, I, I don't think you can learn much from it. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm one of these who doesn't like that cup competition at all and it and you or you got to go back to uh, Pep Guardiola's comments about B teams and everything else and this is that's an entry it's, it's entryism for B teams and this is the only this is the only way currently that they that Premier League teams have a, that kind of entryism into EFL and it's just a dangerous thing for me I mean I just really wish that they weren't there um, you know it adds a bit of glamour for you know, some young kids or whatever they think they're going to watch Manchester United or whatever but it's not you know it's an under 18s team or a, or whatever and but it's still entryism and you know that the disruption of the pyramid doesn't need those those clubs I think I think I actually heard the point made I, it actually might have been Alex Kenyon on, on a podcast I heard once but any kids going to see the, the Man United under 23s it might be an attraction because of the, the, the name but in reality like you say like it's actually it's not the same, and if I think Alex Kenny, I think it was him who made the point, and it might be somebody else that if they're good enough by nineteen, twenty years old, 
they they're not playing in the you know they're not playing in the under twenty three side. You know, look at Mason Greenwood, look at Marcus Rashford. You know, you know they're, they're, they won't be in if they're good enough. Then they won't be in the under twenty three side. They'll most likely be in the first team. So it's there's not even that much of attraction from from that point if if they thought about it. But obviously, some people just gonna see the the name and go, wow. <laughs> And I, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, it'd be nice to get a win and get the 10K, but it's not 10K anymore. It was down to 8K last season. And uh, I don't know what it is this season, um, but uh, the rumour was it might get even less for a win. So, uh, so uh, the fact that we're not winning, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's not free money, though, isn't it? It's free money. Well, you can't turn money down. <laughs> no, no, no. I, and I know what you mean, but that ultimately, that's, that's the sweetener, isn't it? What, against what Posh was saying, and I fully agree with that, in the fact that, you know, you, you get ludicrous, you know, uh, Serie B and and, uh, and the Spanish La Liga second division. You just have five or six reserve sides. And that's like, what is the point? It's just, they, you know. they can't get promoted either. So no. it, it just dilutes the competition. I mean, I, I, I'm totally against B teams. The one small advantage of uh, the B teams being in, in, in the Papa John's, JPT, whatever you want to call it, uh, is the Tim fact pot. that it really the the, the the Tim Pot the Pizza Cup the Tim Pot Pizza Cup but uh, the only real advantage is uh, the fact that it gave managers a real license to not take it seriously yeah. <laughs> because they used to have do you remember they used to have these rules that they used to have like five or six members of your starting eleven from the weekend playing and starting on 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 the. Uh, on the, yeah, the weekend, yeah, who was it who started with the keeper and then was took it, him off after a was minute? It Gary, I think it was Gary Megson who started. I think he <laughs> made like a triple sub or something after around a minute. <laughs> it sounds like a Holloway thing, that doesn't it? Yeah, it, <laughs> it does. does yeah. That 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 could be a subject in its own right. Crap cups of the past. I mean, <laughs> cup competitions of the past. You know, the, the, my favourite of all time is undoubtedly the Anglo-Italian Cup. Oh, you know, and yeah. uh, like, if, if anybody's young, just just get YouTube Beautiful. highlights yeah. of of uh, searching YouTube for highlights of the Anglo-Italian Cup. It was basically they used to have a ton of you like it'd be like Birmingham versus Verona or something or whatever you know. Or, Blackpool, and, Blackpool in it. Yeah, Blackpool in it. There was uh, Oxford United oh, play or something like this, yeah. right? And then it was like, but they, they basically there was an unwritten rule that there wasn't any rules and, and you, could, you could just have massive fights and there was one we think it was South End United and there was like six players were sent off and there were just fights every five minutes it was absolutely extraordinary competition absolutely bonkers they, they also used to have uh, the Watney Cup which again was very similar and it was yeah. for, and, and obviously going back to going back to sort of like the 80s uh, 80s and 90s when it was uh, full members cup or Zenith Data or whatever it ended up being. The Simod Cup. Simod yeah, that's yeah, it. Was just absolute, <laughs> you know, and it, it, me being a, a sort of sad Chelsea fan, uh, I'd, we'd we'd endured a thousand years of not winning anything since 1970, and we got to the full members cup final at Wembley and against Manchester City, and it was five four to Chelsea, and they had it on a Sunday, but they had it on a Sunday after we played Southampton and City had played United. So we, we had literally, Kerry Dixon got injured on the Saturday and couldn't play on the Sunday at Wembley. But it was a fantastic game. But there were 65,000 there. Yeah. And uh, it's, so still, it's, it's worth doing. So. It's still worth more than the Audi Cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's quite well made. I was waiting for the Spurs day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, normally at this point, uh, we'd be, uh, we'd be gr- Joel would be grilling uh, somebody from the club. But uh, today we've gone with the fan zone. So Joel's come up with a, a, a remarkable new idea, Joel. Run away, please. Yes, I thought, well, obviously we've not got a game to talk about this weekend. Uh, so I thought it'd be nice to kind of go over some 
old memorable matches and our kind of memories from them uh, because obviously everybody loves a bit of indulgent nostalgia. Uh, so we've kind of said EFL era. I think you can call it an era now because it's been 15 years. Uh, it's been no, almost 15 years, 14 years. Uh, uh, and I think we, we, we've agreed to include a little bit of late conference era. I'll see only only because that was your first scene. <laughs> yeah, it was my, I can just about <laughs> scrape to my bit, a bit of conference here. So we thought we'd start off with, uh, I don't, for, for those who can remember, it's uh, Southport away on, on Boxing Day in 2006 as a bit of a starting point because it, it, was, it was my first away day on Boxing Day, which was good form, very cold in Southport. Yeah. And it, it was memorable for quite a lot of reasons. Uh, David Perkins got sent off for two foot in Carl Baker. Carl Baker ran rings around the fence. Uh, we were one nil down. We had ten men, and, and uh, we scored an equaliser. I believe it was Chris Blackburn after well, a, Jim Bentley. Jim a, Bentley yeah, the, a, a lofted free kick uh, drifted a good yard or so out of play, and Jim <laughs> Bentley uh, towered uh, mightily and headed it back towards the penalty spot. Uh, and the the linesman managed to miss, and, and Chris Blackburn. Slams it home. What were you saying about the winner freeze from Adam Yates? Because I, I can remember what happened. I can remember Yates hitting it. I can remember it going yeah, to the bottom corner. He, he completely skewered it. It was a cross. It was a cross. He was, there was, I can't remember who was it when it was Matty Blinkhorn or somebody at the back post. Completely unmarked. And, uh, and somebody put, uh, put a through ball in and Yates went in behind and he was at an oblique angle and he was trying to cross it and he just sliced it and it went in the near post. And I, I think we probably took three or four hundred that day because it was quite a good crowd being a boxing day and uh, because of the equaliser and then that scabby goal we ended up as you know finishing fourth and then winning the playoffs and winning at Wembley and whatever and a lot of it is down to that day because it was it was a filthy day but um, we used to have a thing Joel that we'd, we'd, we'd all meet up at a pub uh, but also we'd all have hip flasks which you could get away with in the conference uh, and whoever wasn't driving, we'd turn up with uh, whatever you got for Christmas in a hip flask. So uh, those were happy days, weren't they, gents? They were, yeah, yeah. I also remember it's, it's something about Southport it just riles me. But apart from that, it's the, uh, <laughs> I hate them. Southport, <laughs> but uh, um, it was a couple of weeks, a couple of seasons previous. Might even have been the previous year. The the linesman had another mare because the the netting had come off the, the oh, goal. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I remember Glenn just going absolutely bonkers about it, but just trying not to because he thought the more angry I get at the linesman for not looking, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the less, less he's going to look. look. So yeah. he's trying to be really, really reasonable. Linesman, I know you don't believe me, but I really <laughs> like you to just go to the foot of that post and just check. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it, it, it is. If you look back at games like that, um, fantastic times. But you look at where we are this season, and it does seem like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? I think everybody needs to remember that before you know, before our rivalry, arguably, we're now with Accrington that's been going on and simmering for a long time. The um, it really was uh, Southport before that. Um, <laughs> I remember a couple of games. You know, it was a Boxing Day game when. And we were in the conference, and what was it? The attendance was over three thousand. Three and a half thousand. Yeah, for a for a Boxing Day game in the conference, you know, just it, you know, and even back to the Northern Premier League days, I mean, numbers were were ridiculous in terms of people turning up. But um, 
Who was my? I, I should know. These names got up my head. Who was my all-time least favorite play, worst player ever to play for Morecambe? Alan Morgan. Alan Morgan. Alan Morgan in that one of the games at, at Southport. Oh my God! I've never ever seen an appearance like it. He was one. He came on a sub and then was subbed. Um, <laughs> and uh, he came on. We were three nil up. Danny Carton had scored and we were absolutely cruising the game. We were battering them all over. We were having shots of it. He came on and a one-man effort managed to completely destroy our entire uh, mojo. We, we just went... He a penalty away and then... Yeah. He a penalty away and then did he, did he, he either pass straight yeah. to them and he scored and then... No, he, he also fouled one of our own players which let them in, right? And then, and then we just like... And, and every uh, it must have been Jim Harvey. Jim Harvey was like was right, Harvey. yanked him back off again, and we just uh, from then on we just started playing beautiful football again and won the game. He was awful. Um, we played him at Burton Albion, and it was like we, uh, Burton Albion at home, and I think we were five nil up at the time, and absolutely again battering him. And it's like, well, we can bring Alan Morgan on. There's no danger at all, <laughs> and he managed to score a, a thirty-yard well, own goal. On goal, yeah, <laughs> thirty-yard own goal, and managed to. Nearly give away a penalty and a load of other stuff, and he was awful that game. It's starting to remind me of, uh, of the, the. It sounds like a. I think we can christen that a, a Tom Naylor, if yeah. you remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he? Did he? Didn't he want? I don't know if this is genuinely true, but did he once uh, come uh, like, semi high up in third. Of the season? Third. third in player of the season. Yeah. <laughs> for, for anybody listening who, who can't remember the, the the trials of Tom Naylor. In, <laughs> Oh, in one single season Newport, against us, he Newport think, at Rodney Parade. Yeah, it was Newport at Rodney Parade, and he both games. He, yeah, we're both games. Away. Yeah, the yeah. first one we were. I think were we two one two nil down. I think yeah. he scored his own goal and conceded conceded a penalty. Was it two own goals? I can't remember. No, it was it was it was it was an own goal, a penalty, and then he got sent off. <laughs> and, then it, and, and we won the game three two. And then yeah. coming back to the to the well, the Globe Arena as it was at the time, we were one. I, I remember this because I was at that game. We were one nil down, and I think Kev goes through on goal, and uh, there's just this little kind of clipping of the heels from Naylor. And obviously, you know, Kev's like he's going to go down in that situation all day. So he goes down. Naylor once again sent off. Sent off. <laughs> he went four one. <laughs> so, one of those uh, days. So I don't know. Mo- moving on from the, the the Southport game, we'll be indulging in one more conference game, uh, which I think might have to be the uh, the 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 Wayne Curtis game against York City. <laughs> against York City, yeah. Oh, okay. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a tear to my eye. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite something. That was. It was. Uh, we we're all celebrating and laughing our heads off, if you remember, because obviously. Uh, I can't remember who put it. might have been Adam Yates again who put the cross in, but it hit Wayne in a, a very particular area and then went in the top corner. I think my favourite bit of that is the uh, the celebrations afterwards and Tomo's uh, trying to get the busy one, but can't for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think we might have gotten mixed up with Yeah, I got mixed it. up in the game. I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. of the playoff final, of the playoff semi-final. You're thinking oh, of the, right, yeah. the one where uh, he right, gets right, hit in the, the league game. game. Yeah. <laughs> the league game. I, think, I don't think that's that, far that's... more. Me- that's far more memorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, 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 you know, when he said it brings a tear to your eye, I, think, I was thinking emotional, uh, not uh, kind of <laughs> empathising oh. with pain. Yeah, the weird no. thing is, you remember that you remember that game more for the um, for Clayton Donaldson's horrendous assault on Stephen Drench. <laughs> I mean, that's why we all remember that game, surely. 
I know yeah. exactly. It was it was a terrible, terrible thing to uh, leave Stephen Drench with a dislocated elbow. Although actually, uh, speaking seriously on that incident, I think uh, it's amazing because looking back at it, Stephen Drench really should have been sent off. Probably, oh, yeah, <laughs> he just yeah. like, absolutely battered it, and he only didn't get sent off because he, he falls down because he's injured, yeah, yeah, yeah. injured his elbow. So like, you know, it, it is funny how these things work. But you know, and I can I can see why the ref. Didn't feel like he wanted to go up to uh, Drench, who's lying. I think he was, was he on the stretcher at that point when he got yeah. taken out. <laughs> and to go, sorry, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to be hearted, wouldn't you? But the, yeah. the great thing, the great circular thing about football is what was that now? Uh, Fourteen years ago, and Clayton Donaldson is back playing at York City. Yeah, and, uh, he scored, scored two at the weekend. And Stephen Drench retired last season. He did. Yeah, yeah he did. And it, it, it's funny, isn't it? Because you look at the York York side in that semi-final and they had uh, Manny Panther, Steve Bowie. Uh, they had a really, really, really good side for a conference. And as yeah. you just said, Clayton Dolson had, had a fantastic career at, at uh, sort of like Crewe and Hibernian and scored goals all over the place. Uh, and so you're thinking, how did we manage to win that? Well, it was Wayne Curtis. And he's, he, 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 I think I'll have a shot. Oh, it's he, keeper saved it, but it's come back to me. I'll have another shot. Oh, he keeper saved it. He's come back to me. Hang on a minute. I'll chip him with my left foot. Yeah, <laughs> he's astonishing. Simultaneously, the worst and the best goal I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, the I mean, defending it's, is awful. <laughs> yeah, because like, they're all stood behind the yeah. keeper. And then when they finally go out, he's like, fantastic. <laughs> I don't even know what would have been running through his head at that time. But it, it, it was quite something. It was quite something that. I think it's worth adding after the comments, obviously, that we you know we've we've suffered the uh, the losses against Wickham and Wimbledon, just um, you know the four threes. That it's worth reminding ourselves that we haven't really been on the end of that scoreline for a long time. We've been the ones who've inflicted it. And you know, if you think about great games that we've had over the last ten years or so or more, yeah. you know, I mean, um, the Oval game where. The Alex Kenyon, I think, took that game right at the end by the scruff of the neck because you know we 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 didn't want to throw it away, and he actually bombed down the wing bizarrely, whipped that ball in, and Kev's amazing header over the keeper, that was a cracker. Um, then the other one was me and Matt, me and Matty being quite uh, vocal at the uh, Chesterfield game, um, and and three nil down. Yeah. Three 0 down on the famous uh, the famous Globe Arena bookie who just got inundated <laughs> with bets because everybody knew that we came back and won every game that we were losing at half time, and um, and what an amazing comeback that was. But nothing, I mean, four three games, but still, I mean, nothing ever beats the crew game. I mean, that was utterly astonishing. It's still the best. I think probably, I mean, I think there's all the games in terms of the value and what the outcome was. But that game was just astonishing. It was the it's, best, probably the best game I've ever seen in Morecambe. Pro- yeah, I would say so. It is strange, isn't it? Because you, you look back at that and you think you remember it rightly. And Andy Parrish got sent off with 15 minutes left. And it was 3-1. And you're like, oh, crikey. But, but he got sent off and they gave a free kick. And from the free kick... It smashed into the wall and he gave a penalty for handball. And then Barry saved the penalty at 3-1 down. We still only had 10 men and there was 12 minutes left. Just we got and at that point, And at that point, Lammy walked out and went to York Hotel. <laughs> do you know, and by the way, do you know who was uh, taking the penalty for uh, crew that day? Uh, yes, Miller. I do. Yeah. Sean Miller. Oh, yeah. Sean Miller. Yeah. Well, you got you got to bear in mind. So what the, the story was with that was it was um, it was Dave Artell who who missed missed his tackle, which meant that 
Andy Parrish had to go <laughs> bombing down the thing. And then it was Dave Artell who went and handballed it in the box to give away the penalty. <laughs> but then it was Dave Artell who went to Barry Roach and says, Sean Miller always sticks it that way. And, yeah. Barry, and Barry went down and he saved it. So, and then obviously he contributed with, you know, at the end of the game. So it was, you know, what he, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was, yeah. I mean, so four, potentially 4 1 down with 15 minutes to go. And you just like, and 10 men. And 10 men. And yet, you know, um, we saved the penalty and went on and won it. And, but you, you realize then again is that how late the goals came, you know. Yeah. Um, Wayne's goal, I think, was 83. 87th. Uh, I think it was 87th. I Seventh might have to minute, go yeah, and yeah. check this yeah. now. Oh, I won't let me. But, uh, well, they, they were all over the place. Every set piece. They were all over the place. Oh, they 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 just gone, aren't they? The, we, yeah. we, me, me, and, me and you were at the back of the North Stand just going, their heads have gone. Their heads Red have absolutely gone. gone. We're going to... And both of us were going, we're both of us were going, we're going to win this. We're going to win this. And this is this, like 90, 92nd minute. We're going, we're going to win this. You know, it's bonkers. But we were. It was crazy. And wave I, after wave. It was awesome. There's that fantastic picture of Moose when he's he's run down and that bloke's giving him his glasses and he's there going like. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I was listening to a podcast. It was a few months ago over summer and it was it, it was the football cliches podcast. If anybody ever listens to it and it and it and they did an episode with the uh, the football writer Jonathan Wilson and he said something in which I, I felt really resonated with my feelings on that game, which was that. Uh, in football, you sometimes get these moments where you you, you of kind of fate and inevitability, and you know exactly like something happens, and you like this this is happening, isn't it? You know, there's nothing that can possibly stop this because you know as soon as Curtis gets that uh, that that goal for for three two in the eighty seventh minute, there's barely any time left. But you're like, we're we're at least getting a draw out of this. You just kind of. You just know. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm for crew fans. I mean, it's gone against us in in some ways. There's been games where you know a team gets a goal back, and you think, oh my god, they're going to come back, aren't they? That it's going to happen, and, you know. And they, the crew fans, may well have been feeling that on the day as well. But you know, Curtis gets that goal, and there's that kind of building momentum. And I think, like you alluded, like you said, you know, there was just wave after wave, and then there's some there's some extended highlights on YouTube of that if anybody ever wants to have a little uh, a little reminisce over that. But I think. The two corners came from not kind of scabby little deflected crosses, but they came from like really fierce attempts from the edge of the area that were yeah. tipped over the bar by the keeper. Yeah. So it was it was really something. I remember. I mean, we've spoken a lot about Wayne Curtis, but I think that was another game that Wayne Curtis had quite an effect on, with just a kind of bulldozing physical, fault, just not particularly graceful but just momentum going forward yeah he was uh, when he had his head on he was absolutely brilliant with Wayne yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give a quick 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 shout out because obviously Stuart Ray does a fantastic job on Facebook of reminding us of those games and I think Chester yeah. popped up this week didn't he uh, and you just like reading the report that he does and you're just thinking oh my god look, that was 10 years that was eight years ago that eight yeah, man. years ago and I was like, if you'd have asked me, I'd have said five years ago, you know, but just shows you how, how fast time goes, doesn't it, really? Well, I sponsored that one, and I think and we all got a, quite, we had quite a few drinks before the game and we're enjoying ourselves no. a lot. And then, um, Matty, you got to tell the story about what Paul Cook said afterwards to you oh, about when, well, after they'd lost 4 3. Yeah. We'd been hammering him all game because obviously he's near us, and they've got 3 1, and we're going, Kooky, Kooky. <laughs> and he turned around and looked at us, and we, wave at him with a couple of fingers and stuff and 
No, all right. And he starts like chopping and changing. Obviously, the, the result goes out of way in the last minute, and it's fantastic. And we all bounce downstairs. We're in uh, JB's, stab his neck, and uh, he comes in and he's there with with Jimbo and was it Jimmy Bell who was with? Oh no, uh, there was yeah, there was quite a group Coley. of them. So uh, yeah, Coley, Coley was Coley. there, and uh, what's the um, Gary? What's the name? He used to be at Tram uh, Tramway. Oh yeah, yeah, it'll come yeah. to me. Carry yeah. on. So they're obviously all on a night out that night, but they're all chatting and they come over and chatting with them, and they were like, "Cookie just looks at us, doesn't he?" But yeah. I brought a defensive player on. I never meet defensive <laughs> defensive <laughs> substitutions. You are got in my head. <laughs> <laughs> come on, I'm having that. <laughs> but it, am I right? My memory suggests he let the, he let the team coach go, and he was going back to Liverpool. And him and Coley and Jim and Gary, can't remember his name. We're all yeah. going out on the on the lash in Liverpool, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, it was a good night because they, they were really talkative. They just spent hours in JB's afterwards and they just yeah. drinking loads. And we were nattering some all night, it was great fun. <laughs> so, a big, big shout out to Stuart Ray for doing what he does on Facebook because uh, he does his research and it's fantastic. I could now, uh, for those who are watching on YouTube, um, I, I have a picture of the old uh Lancaster Road stand behind me, uh, if you can't see us, and uh. There was a game probably in about 1993 or something like that. I'm going back a long way, yeah. And uh, we we actually, <laughs> when we were doing the fanzine, the cover was five old gentlemen who were obviously minors, 49ers, and they had massive hair and massive beards. And it was a black and white photograph. And it, the, the caption on the front that Glenn came up with was, uh, members of the Marine We Won't Shave Till We Win at Christie group. Because Marine hadn't beaten us at Christie Park since about 1958. And this was 19, about 1992-93, and it was Northern Premier League Cup. Marine were top. We were about fourth. They came to Christie Park. They were 3-0 up. They were battering us. Absolutely battering us. And it was Caney, Coley, Steve Alden, that sort of era. Uh, and probably John, uh, John McMahon, to be honest. And uh we we pulled one back with about 10 12 minutes left and marine just went <laughs> and steve olden literally we 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 caney caney crossed it for coley he scored somebody else scored and i think john mcnally scored and then steve olden just ambled onto the ball about 30 yards out beat three men smashed it in top corner and we won four three there was only about 200 there but that still sticks in the memory if you were there that night you'll remember it because we were getting battered we never got a kick and uh and literally we'd just done the fanzine with the marine no no shave till we win at christie and i was thinking well that's a cock up in it and we ended up with it. so happy days talking that was for the oldies there <laughs> yeah talking of comebacks so Obviously, this isn't four three. But I feel if we're if we're looking back at some of the the, the great comebacks we, that we've seen, uh, I think the the one against Peterborough that uh, made Peterborough break their transfer record in it was December two thousand and seven. Around then, uh, when we were two 0 down at half time, I think Dave Artell gets sent off, uh, and then we come back three two up. I think Carl Baker. Carl Baker. Carl Baker. Carl Baker just. That header, from the, that header from the corner was a bullet header. Absolutely brilliant. And yeah, just amazing. But and the main shout out from that game, of course, it has to go to uh, Joe Lewis, who was yeah. you know capping off a an absolutely phenomenal 
loan spell with us on loan from Norwich, I believe it was. So, and so, so much so, he, he had such an amazing performance that, uh, I mean, that was his last game for us, I believe. And then go straight back to Norwich and Peterborough break their transfer record. I think it was 400k it's they paid for him. 400,000, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A few days later, just amazing. But do you remember the, the game at, at, at London Road? We'd gone down to. And, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, you're going to talk about the save, aren't you? Yeah. He pulled off one of the most amazing yeah. saves I've ever seen. Yeah. Certainly, like, certainly the best thing I best save I've ever seen at a game live. Live. Um, to the point where that half the Peterborough fans behind the goal were up celebrating. Yeah. And and a fair few of them caught themselves up half celebrating, watched the save, and just just had to applaud it. It was. Off the scale, good. <laughs> we were looking straight down the ground, and it was uh, Michael Smith, ex uh, yeah. Dagenham and Redbridge, fantastic yeah. player, and he and he just climbed up in the box. And as he had as he went to hit the headed ball, there was nobody. There were, the goal was completely empty. You couldn't see Joe Lewis at all from where we were, and he'd obviously just gone on to the side of the box, and he just went across at a speed unlike if anything and dived and the save was just extraordinary it but bear, bear in mind at the time we were wearing uh, dinner jackets bow ties and uh, monocles at this point because it my little lad was well Liam Gibson uh, was uh, was it was uh, it was his head wetting so I was I'm my nickname's Posh so obviously went for Posh at Posh Dress yeah, <laughs> and uh, there was all those going berserk wearing monocles and bow ties. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was it was a it was a good day that. And like you say, it's funny you should mention that because when Joel mentioned Joel Lewis, I always remember that save because it was that was the best save I've ever seen live. Yeah, it was extraordinary. And the the entire ground was like, yeah, oh. <laughs> how's when, he done that? And then we were like, how's he saved that? That was amazing. <laughs> so. So uh, the strange thing is that in years to come, we'll probably be talking about, well, at least half a dozen of the games that we've had already this season in League One, won't we? <laughs> I know, yeah. You, know, you, look at, you look at your Sheffield Wednesdays and, uh, I, I, yeah, it, it's been quite a ride already this season, hasn't it? But uh, hopefully some of those comebacks and last-minute winners, they're going to start going in our favour. Yeah. The I'll, tell what, is all... I'll tell you what I've enjoyed watching as well. Some of the player reactions to, to certain games... Greg Lee was doing his absolute nut when we when we uh, beat Sheffield Wednesday. He was bouncing around like Tigger on speed. It was fantastic. It was really like yeah. see him so happy. So he almost got you happy, but he did get me happy in a time. You know, I was like, wow, look at him. He's great. And then um, Anthony O'Connor the other day when uh, after Woodland scored, yeah, all the players went off in one direction and he was stood on his own just. Spinning around, jumping and spinning around, just going, come on! And I was just like, because <laughs> it's like a like a drunk friend dancing on his own under this girl. But it was superb to see yeah. it. And it's like, oh wow, there's 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 clearly a, a spirit within the team, you know. That I think that I bonds think... that bond in the same way as last season's growing. But bearing in mind how many new players we brought in, 17, 18 yeah. new players and everything else. I mean, that, that's the one thing that, okay, four, three defeats and all those kind of things and, you know, whatever. But with mid-table, um, it could have been so easily higher. And the, the one thing that you've got confidence in is that all these players are getting to know each other and all these players are being worked on, you know, and everything else. And you're seeing players gradually, gradually change. I mean, a couple of them, Wes McDonald, um, 
you know, looked great, looks great on the ball, Chorley, you know, running through things, but didn't seem to have a defensive ounce in him. And then, you know, and then similarly in the first few games and he's getting dropped and he's coming on from the bench and stuff. Um, when was it? The Not the Wiccan game, the one before. But, but where he was... Lincoln. He was, put, he, was yeah, he, he was dropping deep. He was putting the tackles in. He yeah. was making the effort and everything else. You see, and you see, right, that's a player I can I, who I know has got massive potential, but I can see huge progress in him. Um, Arthur as well. I think he's really blossomed. You King know, Arthur. Talk, <laughs> King Arthur, yeah. But you see, like the Bolton, like what Bolton fans thought. You know, he's a player who plays in fits and bursts, and that's what he was like with us. It might have been like he had a little spell for five minutes in this game and five minutes that game. And there's Sheffield Wednesday, I think it was. Sheffield Wednesday when he just had that 15 minutes where he was just untouchable. Untouchable, But all of a sudden, he just seems to be get. you know, those spells in a game are becoming bigger and longer and more influential and impactful. And they constantly seem to be working on him to, you know, make that contribution through the full 90. And he just seems much more of a, a stronger player than, you know, you saw at the start of the season. And I think, you know, you can see that in others as well. It's just some of those basic defensive lapses. And I think that's not more about individual players. I think that's just more about working together. You know, it seems to be a lot like in that Wickham game, like gaps between the defence and the midfield sometimes that opened up, allowed them space where they shouldn't have had it, that kind of thing. But individual players just seem to have made so much progress. And I just, you can only see a brighter future for us, really. Yeah, yeah it's pretty positive, isn't it? Sorry, Joel, go on. No, I was just going to say, you know, theoretically, and when you look at clubs like Ipswich, you can kind of see it more dramatically. This should really be our weakest point because of the amount of new players that we've gotten on board. It, you know, it, it's kind of <laughs> the opposite of those early Jim Bentley seasons when you get a lot in at the, uh, the start of summer and work a lot over that. But, you know, we've, we've had 19 players come in. So they were always going to take a bit of time from jail. I think looking at some of the underlying numbers, they have improved a little bit over the last kind of few games and, and we've kind of gone from a more rele- a kind of relegation bothering side underlying numbers-wise to kind of mid-table, lower mid-table, which is really positive because, you know, it does show that, you know, we, these signings are starting to gel a bit more and, we, and we're seeing it in the kind of in the goal and assist returns, you know, other players chipping in, like you've mentioned, the Hua, King Arthur, he's been, he's had a couple of lovely crosses providing for assists. Phillips is getting a bit more involved. McLaughlin's chipped in with a goal. We have Wilding making an assist on his one appearance. McDonald's got an assist under his belt now. You know, so so there are, you know, there are more players being able to chip in. Even, you know, McCallum getting off the mark and having a couple and um, having an assist uh, against Lincoln as well. So, uh, you know, seeing all that kind of come together is it, so, so positive. And I think we've probably been quite lucky in, in the fact that Cole Stockton has just been in unbelievable form to be able mm. to help kind of take us over that period where everybody was still gelling. Yeah. Have him banging a few goals over that period. We've got, got, probably got more points than we might have expected to. And now the team's gelling a bit more. Like, we, like you know, obviously, hopefully the defence will be able to organise a bit more and, and avoid those lapses, but we're going, you know, we're, we're seeing the productivity going forward from around the team now. It, it's a strange one because, and and uh, there's a lot of people who listen will not understand this, but then that hopefully there will be plenty of people who listen who do, in the fact that it's very very similar to the early years of uh, Jim Harvey in the conference, where he put a side out that if you scored three, we'd score four. 
And then one season, well, it was, it was actually, the, I remember the season, it was the season when we went full time. Jim suddenly decided that I'm going to change the way we play. We're going to try not to concede anything in the first 20 minutes and grind, grind it out. And then if you score, then we'll have to come out and play. And it, I mean, do you remember those days? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember Jim Harvey was just, it was just bonkers football sometimes with him. Like you say, all the Alan Morgan stuff. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, it was his next door neighbor. Was that Alan Morgan? It was his next door neighbor. <laughs> yeah, it was his next door neighbor. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, I think he had photos. <laughs> But uh, that's that's what this season reminds me of. It reminds us we when we went to the conference, we had no idea whether we were to survive or not. And, yeah. and, the, and the players we had all when we spoke to them, they played for us for years. People like Johnny Norman, who's behind Posh there, uh, and they were all like, "This is this this division's really hard." You know, people like Kane, Ian Coley, and Paul Tomlin, Robbie Armstrong. They all went, "This this division's really hard." There's some really good players, and so we were like, oh, and. But if you remember that first season, did we lose 5-4 at home to Junior Hunter's Woking? He got at trick. And then we beat, we, Carl Olford was bagging him in for Kettering. And we, I think we beat Kettering 5-3 or something like that after yeah, being 2-0 yeah. down or something like that. That was that a bonkers season. Yeah, that reminds me of this season. Yeah, we're, we're just, we're so just like, go for it. There's a true story there. Well, this was my dad who I could, I could never get to come and watch Morecambe. Um, and it, because I was coming back from university, he'd come to watch games with me and things like that. So we beat uh, Sheffield City in the FA Cup 7-1, I think it was. Yeah. And then we beat um, uh, we beat somebody 6-2. Gainsborough. Yeah, Gainsborough. Games and, and, John, and, and John Coleman scored the fastest hit catch yeah. in, the, in the FA Cup history. Yeah. Um, then we beat... Um, <laughs> then, then we beat Altrincham 5-3 yeah and then my dad had been to every game and my dad was loving it because we'd scored eight goals for three games in a row and then he and then he came back on his own after I'd gone back to university we, only, we beat Dover 4-1 he said we only scored five goals we're not going again <laughs> <laughs> yeah happy days that's what this reminds me of so the, the people who were around at the early seasons of the conference 95-96 uh, 97 were Jim Harvey's salad days really because he didn't we were everybody was part-time other than the odd club and and Jim just took it as right okay we'll we'll sign up we'll sign some players and we'll play and that's when really Johnny Norman who I say is on that picture behind Posh there Johnny Norman came to the fore we signed Johnny Norman when we were in the Northern Premier League and he hardly played but you think about Johnny Norman now and uh you know, he was such a fantastic player in, in those days. And that reminds me now what, what, what Cole's doing. I, th- I think what, well, one thing that comes to mind immediately about that and the, and the kind of pan of parallel is um, with Stephen Robinson as well, is that, you know, where he signed players from. I mean, players who've just, you know, had really bit part careers. He signed players from uh, Bromley and, and all kinds of different places, you know, and players who haven't got contracts and stuff like that. And, and Jim was, you got some of the players we've talked about. So Wayne Curtis was signed from Holker Old Boys. Yeah. Who, God knows what league they would be in now. They were um, in West Lanks League at the West time. West Lanks League now. And he found, and he found him. Um, Gary Thompson was at Wattsfield, wasn't he? And was yep. kind of between Wattsfield and Kendall Town. And yep. uh, Johnny Norman behind me was at Mould Alexandra. Mould Alexandra. And how have we found these players? I mean, he turned, you know, Johnny Norman turned out to be one of the best players in the league. But, you know, it was in their real kind of tiny Welsh team at the time. 
Yeah, it's astonishing what what where we used to find players. The other thing I what I'm picking up what you said before and what I totally agree on is is the time that all our managers, you know, to be fair, have given to potential to talent. Yeah. Um, I remember when we signed uh, Mark Duffy, you know, obviously then made it to Sheffield United and everything else. In those early days of Mark Duffy playing, he was sometimes he was bloody awful. That game away at Exeter where he was at left, he was down at left back and he made this brilliant tackle and then he passed it right across the box, and our box, ball, and yeah. were, which was just full of the players. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I just, can, I just, can I just chip in here Sorry, and say... Uh, there may be a few faces on this uh, that you're looking at now. Mine, not one of them. Joel, definitely not yours. That might have uh, been a little bit. Justin Jackson is just not good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that. That's a strange one because that that's absolutely true. Because it, it took Jim to say turn round and face the other way because he Justin was convinced he was a target man, and then because of John Norman. Jim Harvey just went, every time John Norman gets it, just run, he'll find you. <laughs> and that was it. Jacko was like lightning over 30 yards, wasn't he? Nobody had yeah. catched him. Yeah. And then all he did was he worked on his finishing. And well, similarly, similarly, Danny Carlton, when they, it was a famous game against Canvey Island, and Canvey Island had these two really, really brilliant centre-halves. They were, they were about both about 34 but they were, you know, they knew the game inside out. And Danny Carlton was sitting on their on the line all the time against them. And it was like, and then somebody got to play the ball and they just step up. And Danny was offside so many, well, everybody knows that how many times. Danny Carlton was offside all the time. But that game, the first half, he must have been offside about 10 times because they were just doing it every time. And you could see Jim Harvey come out, arm round him, walking off the pitch going, right, all you got to do is sit two yards deeper. Yeah. And you'll get them every time. Second half, scores two goals, wins the game, you know. And and it's that kind of you you can see that kind of nurturing of talent and everything else, you know, and teaching people and re- making them realise what the, the craft of the game is rather than simply, you know, the um developing of the talent really. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna sorry Joel, go on. No, I was just gonna say speaking of Mark Duffy, I was one who uh, when we signed him permanently, I was like, What, really? After seeing him for half a season, but then it culminates in a talking of comebacks, uh, those two penalties he won against Torquay in all of his final games yeah, for us yeah. in the last few minutes when he just absolutely uh, had them yeah. in knots. But yes, you were saying, Breeze, because it's probably uh, getting to that time so we don't get any complaints about how long we've gone on for. Yeah, exactly. It? So yeah. uh, I was just going to say that it's not being able to talk about anything for the weekend because of the international break. One point I wanted to make, which I thought was a, a, a strange situation, we signed Ryan McLaughlin, who, who had no contract and wasn't playing. He's played three games for us, and he's in the Northern Ireland. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 Hey, eh? I just yeah. don't get it. It's like it's like the Stephen Robinson effect. He had no club. He wasn't playing. We signed him as what we think he's cover because Kelvin Mellor's left and gone to Carlisle, so he's cover for Ryan Cooney. That's what you're thinking. Starts three games. Here, have an international cap. You're a friend of Stephen Robinson. I'm like, he's probably not even Irish. He's probably just had a party of Guinness. That's it. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, got Stephen Robinson's fatigue. That means he's eligible. Well, yeah, but yeah. how many Northern Ireland right backs are playing in the uh, in the fo- in the football league? Well, yeah, possibly yeah. true. But I, I, just, I just I just found that it's amazing. A niche question, that, isn't it? yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's and, been... and it's not going to be a big number, is it? So you yeah, know, it's over to you. And, and sorry, fairly, yeah, McLaughlin. He he has been around the setup before. I'm, I'm, I think he's probably I think he's been called up before previously. 
he is he is known to them, I think. And uh, he is, but how come he hasn't got a club? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. It, it's a, yeah, it's just it's amazing. So some of the if if you if you can have the contacts and you know where to look, you know you can pick up some real gems, and hopefully, you know, Woodlockland will turn out that way. So we we managed to do a whole podcast and not mention for the first time in history since he's mentioned it the five game uh, five game block. But damn, I've just ruined it. I'm, I've, um, so or, or said the words fine lines. Uh, oh I, I yeah, was place that that's not been mentioned. Never too, high, never too high, never too low. Never too high, never too low. Don't let the football don't let the football spoil your weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so final thing, Joel, um, we've got the AGM of the trust. Yes, that is on the... Uh... <laughs> Thank you, I thought you were going to mention it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Co- correct, it's coming up. No, no, no. It's, on the, uh, it's on the 21st of October. I have got that right, I believe. I guess it would be very embarrassing if I didn't. Uh, obviously, come down, there will be a Liam Gibson cushion being raffled off. I, I don't know if those of you remember who we, how he uh, injured himself against Blackburn, but it was a shoulder injury. That didn't turn out to be as bad as, as, as we all thought it was going to be. Uh, but Did they he, cut the shirt off? They, of yeah, they cut the shirt off as a precaution because they don't like to obviously pull it over the red uh, if they've got a shoulder injury. Uh, and it was donated to us uh, from the club. I think it was Les who gave it over. And uh, it has now been turned into a rather, I think it's a delightful looking cushion. I think it looks really nice. Uh, so uh, that will be up. Uh, and yeah, we'll give you some thrilling accounts details and hopefully we'll be able to get a couple of special guests tonight for, for the night. So obviously keep an eye on our our Facebook and Twitter, and, and we'll let you know what kind of any more updates with that. What time does it start? It starts at seven thirty. Just thought I'd mention the start times. Always okay. good. Okay. What time does it finish? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been uh, uh, another exciting episode. Well, I hope it's been an exciting episode. I've enjoyed myself talking about all our yesterdays. But there you go. Uh, thank you very much to our guests tonight. We've had a bit of a fan zone with myself and uh, Joel. We're always here, but thank you to uh, the our education expert, Matt Dayton. Thank you. Uh, and our business guru, Mr. Michael Gibson. Thank you for joining us tonight. This has been uh, ShrimpNet. It's been, what's this, what are we now? Episode 15, is it? I think it's 15, yeah. It's 15, yeah, something like that. Uh, we'll be back next week I don't know what we're going to talk about next week it could be another all our yesterdays because we won't have done anything because we've got no game but uh, never mind we're coming to you weekly thanks for listening hope you enjoyed that join us again next week <laughs> <laughs>